This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, what's going on, everyone? How you doing? What's up? Episode 246, Talk Buffalo Podcast. Thank you to everybody out there, as always, for continuing to download. Support the show really means a lot to me. If you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do that right now. Not going to waste any time today. I want to jump right into today's episode. We're doing Buffalo Bills bold predictions. And earlier this week, I turned to fans on Twitter and asked you to send me your biggest and boldest predictions. Not just Twitter, Facebook as well. Got a bunch of them. I'm going to read some off, react. Got my buddy with me today, recurring guest, my man, Joe. Joe from New York City, of course. What's going on, dude? How you doing? How you doing, man? Uh, when are you going to start counting how many times I've appeared on your show? I mean, 246 <laughs> episodes. I really want to have an official count on how many times I have been on this show. And I deserve like I deserve like a medal, like a chicken wing bronze medal from you because of how many times... I have been on it. Full disclosure to everyone, because I love blowing up Pat's spots. Pat just randomly asked me, hey, do you want to go on this podcast? And we started recording about two minutes after I said, sure, I'll come on. I haven't <laughs> I haven't even had lunch yet. I'm just <laughs> frantically trying to find a job. And I just decided, oh, yeah, I can I can take a break by telling Pat how wrong he is on everything. Well, one thing's been established on this podcast, so neither you nor I are afraid to call each other out. That's for sure. In this case, I'm glad you did, though. And by the way, I am going to look it up. I don't know, but I will tell you this. By a comfortable margin, you have definitely been on this podcast more than anyone else I've ever had. Tone Pucks was on a lot early on, but that was like through the first 40, 50 episodes. And then that kind of fell off. But anyway, you by a long shot. I'm glad you said that because me and you were talking briefly before. I literally did call you up. I said, yo, I need you to tape with me. And the reason being is I was going to originally do this solo. And I just hate doing solo podcasts, man. Shout out to the guys out there who do a pretty good solo podcast like Joe Marino. Bruce Nolan does his own thing. Uh, Greg Thompson, at least half the time anyway, he has a, a solo podcast instead of a guest. I just can't do it. It's hard. It's hard. I like having conversations with people, man. It's very hard to stay in your own head and, and do a solo podcast. When you, you did a podcast for a little while when you had Buffalo Wins. I remember that. You didn't do a solo show, did you? You always had somebody out with you, wasn't it, Rich? No, yeah, well, no, it was. It always changed, but no, I actually did have one solo show. Show once it was called Five Minutes with Joe, and it was basically after a Bills game, I would just record it like for five minutes, and that was it. And I would just talk about the Bills game, and I was in and out five minutes. It was, and half the time I was probably a little bit buzzed from going to from watching <laughs> the game, and I just decided, all right, I'm just going to record it on my phone. Like there, the quality sucked. Uh, it wasn't that bad, actually, the sound of it, but it was fine. Like, that was the only time I did it solo. 
uh, which I actually didn't mind all that much because it was like, hey, it's five minutes and I'm out. But yeah, doing the podcast by yourself uh, without people around and to like bounce ideas off of is pretty hard. I think you know what you should do for one of your guests? I'm telling you because I think the people would want this. You and your wife should do a podcast together. I want to see what it's like to live with Pat Moran <laughs> in in Florida. Like, I think, hey, you know what? You have to. I mean, you you air your family. Uh, you, I mean, you don't air your uh, family grievances. I was going to say, but you talk a lot about your personal life. You know, sure. like you could, you should have her on. Like, you know, you, talk, you see, like, I mean, I mean, I would love to hear what she has to say about you. Your chicken She's smarter than me. She'd embarrass me. Yeah, your chicken wing fetish. You know. <laughs> you know your chin fetish all that stuff you know all that you know i think i think that's, that's you know I, I, you know how you and i argue all the time about sports stuff oh you know we disagree or not we don't always disagree but we have conversations and sometimes we disagree about stuff that's how i am with my wife when it comes to music and, and tv shows especially sure. we go at it a lot so yeah maybe that would be fun all right so like i said we're doing bill's bolts prediction sent by fans but before that i do want to uh, i was gonna say shout out Two people passed away this week that I want to acknowledge at the start of this podcast. One of them was one of my favorite hockey players ever. Dale Howard, Chuck, um, died of cancer, just 57 years old. That really sucks. One of the best hockey players of all time, and he's in that Hockey Hall of Fame. He played in Buffalo for five years, and uh, I don't know how well you remember those teams back in the day, but he was such a good player. Now, he was at his best in Winnipeg. Those were his best years, but he was still a very good player in Buffalo. But he was just so overlooked because you had McGillney and LaFontaine and Anderchuk. Those were the biggest marquee guys. So we kind of, like, he was in the, I don't want to say the background a little bit, but he wasn't quite the marquee player during his time here. But you remember him as a hockey player, right? Yeah, I remember the trade that brought him here. It was uh, Scott O'Neill and Phil Housley for Dale Howard. Phil Housley, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it it happened right after the year that they... The Sabres had like the fifth best record in the conference or not the conference, but in the league, but they were in the division where Boston and uh, Montreal yeah, they could get out of the first round. Yeah, they could still could get out. But, but like Boston and Montreal were like, I think Boston had like the best record in the league and Montreal had like the third best record and the Sabres were forced to play uh, Montreal, something along those lines. And they lost, uh, but they brought him in. He was really good. He was an awesome number two center. He played a lot of point on the power play too. Uh, mm-hmm. He scored. He scored a bunch of goals. He had some good seasons here. Obviously, like you said, Winnipeg was his better place that he was at. But uh, it was an interesting trade when they did that because they had a lot of, you know, the Sabers of those early '90s. They had a ton of firepower. They had Andrew Chuck, McGillney, Lafontaine, Howard Chuck. You know, they always had a lot of good goals, goal scorers, but they didn't really have good goaltending until really. Uh, Tashik got there. I mean, they traded for Fier- Grant Fear, which did help them get over the first round rut that they had with when they won against Boston with the May Day goal. But you know, it's it's hard to believe that at one time the, the Sabers on their roster had five Hall of Famers, the four I just mentioned, and they had Hashik. You know, that's that they had yeah. that they had that once. You know, and they didn't play together because Hashik was the backup, and then they traded Andrew Chuck. I think halfway through that year to get Grant Fear, but. Yeah, it was it was kind of a uh, you know it's so young when how when they when we we got the news that Howard Chuck passed away, but yeah, he was a good player, Jersey number ten, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you know he reminds me of, and I'm speaking only only from a sports aspect, and there are different sports, but when I think of someone like Dale Howard Chuck, 
I kind of think of James Lofton. And what I mean by that is this. James Lofton is an NFL Hall of Famer. He obviously had his best years in Green Bay. That's what he'll always be known for. And he wasn't quite as good in Buffalo, but he was still very good, but kind of overshadowed by Andre Reid and Thurman and, and, and Bruce and all the other, and Jim Kelly, all these other guys. But he was still a very important player on those teams. Now, of course, those were Super Bowl teams, whereas the Sabres really didn't go far with Howard Chuck. But anyway, yeah, he's just a really good player, man. Brought a lot of joy watching him play. It was a lot of fun to watch him. So that sucks. And then the other guy I wanted to shout out and mention is, now look, me and you always fuck around about wings, and I have my wing takes, and you kind of make fun of them. Mm-hmm. But in all seriousness, uh, Mark Gress, he's the owner and cook of... um. 9-11 Tavern in South Buffalo. Found out that he died this week, and uh, that sucks, too. And, I, and The reason why I shout them out, and again, like I said, joking around with the wing stuff that me and you do, busting each other's balls. But in all seriousness, I love that place, 9-11 Tavern. I have done like 70 spots, and that was literally number one on my list. I mean, not one of, number one out of 67, 68, or however many I've done. Uh, the owner, anyway, he, he passed away, and Mad respect to that guy because this is, and I know you've never been there, Joe, but this is like a little shithole in Buffalo, little tiny place off South Park Avenue that I, frankly, up until a handful of years ago, I had never even heard of. But anyway, I mean, the, the wings are just absolutely incredible. There, it's a, it's a great vibe, very uh, prideful little South Buffalo establishment, and to uh, you know, it just sucks to hear about something like that and. Maybe it's not wings for you, but I know there's something out there that you love in terms of food that like you really look forward to going to have every time you get a chance. So to hear that the owner died of that, that sucks. So how long has you know, that place been? That guy as well. How long has that place been around for? It's been around for a while, right? Now, see, and this is the thing. I read. I think I read, and I could be wrong, but I think that I read that that place has been around for like 40 years. And if that's the case, like I said, I'm being completely honest with you because I'm a, I didn't grow up in South Buffalo. I'm not a South Buffalo person per se anyway, until recent years, but I had never even heard of the place or been in the place until the last four or five, maybe four or five years, something like that. But anyway, I'll, I'll never forget it, man. I, when I started this whole stupid at times, it's stupid. I'll admit that this chicken wing thing. Once I moved to Florida and came back to Buffalo and started power ranking them, I had them relatively early on. They were number one and no one since ever took that spot from them. Just love that place. But anyway, yeah, man, I mean, he built up a very, Nice place, nice following. I hear his daughter has been cooking there for quite a while, and the and the, and the kids are going to take over the business. So, obviously, I hope it does well. But you know, for the Buffalo food community, Buffalo wing community, it's a it's a big loss, man. Yeah, it's a big loss for the community. Uh, you know, everyone loves chicken wings, and I know you and I get at it sometimes about it. But uh, you know, it seems like a lot of people on Twitter and even Facebook I saw, you know, definitely kind of felt. Felt for the guy's loss, obviously. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into some Buffalo Bills stuff. Like I said, earlier this week, I put out a tweet, and I also put something on my Facebook asking fans out there to uh, send me your most bold predictions for the Bills. So I'm not going to read them all because it would take a while, and plus a lot of them were kind of got redundant. So mm-hmm. I, got, I do have a, a, a good amount that me and you will go through. I'll read them. If they're the same thing, maybe I'll read two or three of them because they're the same topic and then I'll ask you for your take on them and maybe I'll throw one back at you. But anyway, let's get started. I got at bills on three, Josh Norman will make the pro bowl. Uh, piggybacking off that. I got one from my buddy, Casey Sleemack on Facebook. He said, 
Josh Norman returns to form as a CB2 and makes a Pro Bowl. A couple more along those same lines, but I'll highlight those two. So yeah, a prediction that fans have out there is that Josh Norman is going to make the Pro Bowl. I don't agree. Not by a long shot. I mean, when you hear something like that, and again, let me preface this too, Joe, by saying these are bold predictions. So I, I told people to kind of swing for defenses in with a lot of these. But anyway, you hear that. What's your thought? I mean, that's it's possible. I mean, I, if you're just telling, if if it's the prerequisite is, hey, it has to be a bold prediction. Obviously, it has to be kind of a little bit, you know, out of the ordinary. Like me saying Trey White's going to be a Pro Bowl is not a bold predi- prediction, obviously. You know, right. but that one, I could see that as a possibility. I mean, everyone, a lot of people have said like his issues seem to be, you know, the system in Washington and he's going back to the system. He knows pretty well, obviously he's got help. He's got a much, much better secondary around him than he had in Washington. I mean, he's got Trey Wade. He's got, he's got Hyde. He's got Poyer. He's got a name. And I think that does make a difference. Obviously, like people do know of him and pro bowler. You know, Pro Bowlers, a lot of time, it's a popularity contest. So people know of his name. I think I think fans, like, outside of Buffalo know him more than they know of Jordan Poyer and, and Hyde, you know, to be honest. I agree. You. you know, so, yeah. you know, he, he could he, – he, and he doesn't have to have the pressure of being, like, the guy who has to, like – you know, I don't know how much the Bills shadow. I don't watch all 22 garbage. But, you know, if they – I you know, I don't know how much they're going to have – he doesn't have to shadow guys. Maybe he did that before where he had to shadow the best wide receiver on the team. He doesn't have to now, obviously – you know, because you have Trey White. If they did, if they did any shadowing or anything like that, but I can see that prediction maybe happening. That's a bold prediction. I can see some validity to it. I mean, he is the number number two cornerback, quote unquote, right now. So mm-hmm. it's a bold prediction, I would say. Well, my first thought was hell no, and I say that for reasoning. I know I hear about the system all the time, this and that. Dude hasn't been good since 2015, all right? And it's not even, he's also 32 years old. Right. For a corner, that's not young. That's not young for any position, but especially a corner. I personally have kind of felt like he's washed. I hate saying it that way, but like that's been from day one of this offseason, my least favorite acquisition. I hate the fact that the Bills picked him up after he got cut. Really? They did that. I don't know. Yeah, they picked him up before. No, I'm saying I, I, I don't know why you hate that move so much. I, I, oh, but I don't know. I just because I felt like there's so many better corners that were out there in free agency or maybe they would take one earlier in the draft. Sure. I, I don't know. But if I'm being fair here and I try to look at both sides of it, I will say this. If you want to say the guy has an opportunity to have a really big bounce back year, I think that's there. You kind of hit on this and I agree 100%. He's obviously in a much better situation right now in Buffalo than he was in Houston. First of all, he's got McDermott as his coach. Secondly, he's allegedly in a better system. And C, you you said this, he's, there's a lot more talent around him too. You know, the front seven is significantly better in Buffalo. He is going to have opportunities too, because I'm going to tell you right now, Trey White is on the other side. If you're a quarterback or you're, you're an offensive coordinator, who are you attacking? Who, who's your game plan going to go after? Are you going after Trey White? Are you going after Josh Norman? You're going after Josh Norman. So opportunities are going to be there to make plays. I just, I, I, I'm not confident that he has the uh, the ability at this point to do it. I, I could be wrong. And, you know, I'll eat some crow at the end of the year. So if I do, I do. But uh, that's my take. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit. Co- Hopefully, he's not Vontae Davis. Obviously, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I don't know if teams will like pick on him. They could pick on the slot. Whoever has a slot, like the slot cornerback is maybe. I don't even know who the hell covers the slot. Well, could it's Teron Johnson, but he know he seems to last a couple games, and then he goes yeah, down with an injury so, all the time. So we'll see. But hey, well, I, I I do like that prediction. Though. I mean, if you want to bolt. I like the boldness of whoever of the people who tweeted that. That that makes all right. Well, it's bold. I mean, that's what you wanted. You want bold, bro? Yeah, I, I do. Well, bold and crazy are two different things. But I'm not saying that guy, those are crazy because it is doable. Okay, he is a former Pro Bowler. I'll, I'll give him that. Here's and, one. And he made it real decision. quick. Sorry, apologies. He made it his last year in Carolina. So that's the last time he made it under McDermott. So and then he went to Washington, and that's when it became a disaster. So he wasn't even close to a disaster in Carolina. Like it wasn't teetering downhill. It, it went to hell right when he got to Washington, basically. So. Right. But I also look at it. All right. His last great year in Carolina was 2015 people. I'm not saying you, but people who do love Cam Newton, who say, you know, he's at a former MVP. Yeah. Well, he was an MVP in 2015. Doesn't that feel like it was a century ago to you when you talk about Cam Newton, NFL MVP? Uh, it was like a century ago to me. Eh, it depends. I mean, I thought Cam Newton was okay a couple of years ago and then he got hurt. Nah. So anyways, Let's well. I want to stay at the same position because um, from Twitter at fbookanity said Levi Wallace bounces back and plays at a pro bullish level to secure CB two. So obviously this guy's on the other end. Uh, I mean, I could see him playing well enough to secure being a corner, but a pro bullish level from Levi Wallace. Eh, what have you seen to? indicate that's going to happen because i haven't seen any of that yeah he's not making the pro but that's a that's a dumb, no. that's a dumb prediction yeah that that's, let's let's dismiss that part but do you think he has a very realistic chance to secure cornerback too because i completely agree with that from being a really two do. cornerback i don't know didn't he lose his he kind of lost his job last year didn't he sort of sort I of mean, to Kevin johnson yeah i mean he kind of i don't know i, I think he, he was very good as a undrafted rookie in 2018 i thought very good. One of the biggest surprises of the team. Then last year, I thought he regressed pretty significantly. Lost a lot of snaps to Kevin Johnson. But to his credit, in the second half, he started to play better. I remember that. And like you, like I said, I'm not a big all-22 film guy either. Neither of us are. But I remember that. He was playing better near the end of the year. Again, this goes back to me just not being sold on Josh Norman. So if you're not sold on Josh Norman and and Josh Norman flops, well, definitely that opportunity is there for Levi Wallace to to secure it. So I'll buy that. But Pro Bowl, that's kind of freaking nuts, man. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about being the number two guy. I mean, again, and, and again, even the Bills, I do, I feel they're going to have a lot of cornerbacks on the field this season. So number two, what, what exactly is number two cornerback? I think, I feel like the, the, the I feel they're going to have three cornerbacks on the field a lot. So yeah. I don't think it's that, you know, but we'll see what they do. I mean. I don't know. I, I I don't. A lot of it also. I mean, we talk about the McDermott factor, the Carolina factor, and there's also the Leslie Frazier factor. You know, he doesn't have any sort of past with with uh, you know Josh Norman. Obviously, he does with he does with Levi Wallace. But I don't know. Second cornerback. I still. I always tend to believe whenever you get like that undrafted guy who has like an okay rookie year or second year. You know, you shouldn't throw. You shouldn't like annoyed him as being like anything more. It could it's it's a very it's much easier for it to be an anomaly than it being something that's proven down the road. So right. for him to be a second cornerback uh, or like 
that guy who's going to take more snaps away from Josh Mormon. We'll just say it that. I that's 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 a tough that's a tough prediction for me to to lend. I started it. I started at corner on purpose because I feel like after Trey White, of course, who's one of the top corners in the NFL. I feel like this is if there's a weakness on this team or a position I really don't like. It's this position. I've already talked about Norman. I'm not sold on Levi Wallace. And after that, EJ Gaines opted out. So he's not playing this year. And who knows if he would even made the team had he not opted out. Mm -hmm. But then you got Teron Johnson, who's a good slot corner, but he gets hurt all the time. Teron Neal played in his place last year, did some okay things, but also made some big mistakes, especially if you remember that Houston game. He made a couple terrible mistakes at corner. And then they drafted Dane Jackson in the seventh round. I, I don't I don't think you could take a seventh round corner and have any realistic expectations for him, especially as a rookie. So it's a position that worries me. Why it really it, does. Here's, I, I get why you're kind of worried, but Pat, the secondary hasn't really changed much in the last three years, and it's been a pretty strong part of the defense. So sure. I don't know why I don't know why you would be worried about you know what was the first year of of of, of Sean McDermott the other the, the other corner who were the cornerbacks it was Trey White EJ Gaines I don't even remember who the other guy was it was EJ Gaines in twenty in the first year yeah and I don't even know who the third or fourth guy was the second year it was Vontae Davis he quit and then that's when Levi Wallace came in and then last year it was Kevin Johnson and this year it's it's Josh Norman so I don't I I if you're looking at it on paper like let's just say we never saw the last two three years I can understand your logic but I think. Just look at what the secondary has been the last three years, and it's basically the same outside of that fourth and fifth cornerback, if you want to call it that, or the third, the second and third cornerback. But right. I'm not really too too worried about it, like because I've seen them with less talent. Because I do, I do think Josh Norman is more talented than Levi Wallace is, and and even Vontae Davis. Like I think he's better than them. I agree with that. Now, but, but, I agree with that. You know, but I'm not too worried now as as I'm now with that, but. Because I do feel like the secondary has so many good players back there that people will pick up the slack, like Trey Wade or Hyde or Poyer or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not losing sleep over it. You're losing sleep over it. Don't lie. You're losing sleep (laughs) over it. I want to move on to running backs here. Got a couple interesting ones uh, at Sports Rock 2, and I'll group these. He's got Zach Moss, RB1, um, at, again, along the same lines here, at C to something cubed. Zach Moss leads the AFC in rushing. Come on, man. And then Terry Long on Facebook says Moss will have more rushing touchdowns than Singletary. All right, that one I'll buy into a little bit. Uh, Zach Moss, RB1, nah, maybe not right away. Uh, Zach Moss leads the AFC in rushing. I mean, I'm not even going to. That's stupid. We're not going (laughs) to. We're not going to. Well. Never say never. No, but you can say yeah, never. That, that, that shit ain't happening. It's a right, running back. Right. Yeah, it's a running back by committee. For God's sakes, it's not. He's not going to lead the the, the the league, the the conference in rushing. Come on. I like though, and again, I know you don't know a lot about Zach Moss. You need to see him play in the NFL. You probably didn't know much about him in college. Hold on there, but to me. Wait, 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 but wait, to wait, me, wait, hold what, on. What, what? I don't. Oh, like, are you a college expert? Yeah, now? I am a college expert because I've seen the highlights. I know he's a tough inside runner. Okay, so <laughs> so so go to hell with that. Like I don't know anything about him. I, I mean, I don't, but I've read the scouting reports. I read some of Twitter. You know, so anyway, yes, I know he's an inside. He's a he's a guy who breaks tackles. He's an inside rusher. Has a little bit of Travis Henry in it. If you want me to like bring a, a Bills parallel from the past, yes. So 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 suck he's it. Out of the backfield too. He he could catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit too. 
But anyway, my point was, I don't agree with anything about Zach. First of all, Zach Moss, not leading AFC in rushing. I'm not going to go as far as to say he won't eventually be the running back one. this year, Maybe even this year as a rookie, because a running back could come out and play well right away. What I do like, though, no matter what, is I, I feel he's a big upgrade from, I just talked to you about how I hated the cornerback, what they did at the offseason. I love what they did at running back, conversely. Zach Moss, to me, is a much upgraded Frank Gore. Now, I'm not talking Frank Gore, first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm talking about 2019, 30-whatever-year-old he is, Frank Gore last year, who was. He slowed down, man. And the offense was very predictable when he was in there. You knew, for the most part, they were just going to pound the ball a couple times. They could do more with Zach Moss. I, I think he's going to be a very underrated addition to the offense. But yeah, I mean... Again, we don't need to address leading the AFC in Russia, but what about having more rushing touchdowns in Singletary? I could definitely see that. I, I could see that. I think the, the bigger prediction is like who's going to have more carries, you know, because Singletary to me, they might, and, I, and I'm just throwing it out there, they might be scared about workload for him because he's a smaller guy. You know, he did, mm-hmm. have, he did have the hamstring injury last year. And again, I'm not saying he's injury prone, but they, they may f- want to give the ball more to to Moss because Moss is built bigger. You know what I mean? And like, that's, a, I think that's a the distinct possibility. Cause we, we sat there last year yelling about why the hell is Frank Gore getting carries? You know, maybe Frank Gore was getting carries cause they didn't want to give so many carries to Devin Singletary. You know what right. I mean? So I, I, I think that's a bigger debate if that makes sense. It does. It kind of reminds me, if you remember a couple of years ago, the saints had a backfield, and I'm not saying either guy is going to be as good as either of these guys, but they had Alvin Kamara and also Mark Ingram, a true timeshare type of backfield. Even this year in Baltimore, they're kind of in the same boat. So Ingram's in Baltimore now, but they drafted the Ravens, drafted J.K. Dobbins, a rookie in the second round. There's not a lot of backfields in the NFL anymore that are just true number ones. There's a lot of committees or at least two-person running backs. That's why, like in fantasy football, if you have an opportunity to get a Saquon Barkley or Chris, Christian McCaffrey or even a Le'Veon Bell, some of these guys that are workhorse guys, you get them because there's not a lot of teams anymore where a guy's going to get 20 to 25 carries a game. I don't think either guy's going to put up huge numbers for the Bills, not because I don't think either guy's talented, but because I think they're going to share the ball a lot. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, I got one about Devin Singletary um, at Fornis GGSN says, Give me Devin Singletary. He says, give me at Devin Singletary, trying to tag him in Twitter. So maybe Devin would retweet him or something. Dorks. Like Don't that. tag but players I, in anything, I, I you dorks. That. Anyway, go ahead. God, I hate that shit. But anyway, he says, give me Devin Singletary for 1,500 all-purpose yards. All right, so I looked it up from last year. He had 775 rushing yards and 194 receiving yards. So a little under 1,000 he had last year as a rookie. But he only played in 12 games. And only had 151 carries, which is not a lot at all as a rookie last year. So he had a little bit under 1,000 last year. Uh, 1,500 all-purpose yards this year. Of course, it's doable, especially if Moss goes down. But you think that's bold? Do you think that's semi-unrealistic? Yeah, that's a, that's a bold-ass prediction. Like, if, 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 the Bills, if the Bills didn't have as many weapons, you know, with Diggs, or John Brown, like if let's just say it was like John Brown and then and then Duke Williams <laughs> were your wide receivers. I could see that obviously happening, uh, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, that's a that's a tough one to, for me. I mean, I guess it's re- it, it might be a realistic. I mean, you're you're asking him to get like eight hundred and like you know seven hundred yards, like like eight hundred rushing yards, seven hundred and receiving. But the thing is, Josh Allen, and again, this is so early in his career. So when people say, "Well, this," but it, you know, it could change, obviously. But he doesn't really check down all that much. So that might right. that might be what, and that could be him going forward. I don't know. He could check down this year more. Who the who the hell knows? But um, I could see, I could see, I don't think that's a bold prediction. That's not idiotic. If you know, like like the like the you know Singletary like or Zach Moss going to Moss. the Pro Bowl or whatever the hell the other thing was. <laughs> I agree. That's a really good take there. And it's um, let me say this, man. I really like Devin Singletary a lot. I get it why some people are skeptical. His smallish frame, he doesn't have elite speed at all. He also fumbled the ball a couple times last year, and you could tell that uh, Bill's brass, they had a hard time trusting him at times. I remember in the playoffs, that overtime game against Houston where I thought Singletary was very good, mm-hmm. he didn't have a carry in overtime. Right. He didn't touch the ball. Well, he, he did touch the ball, but he didn't rush the ball in overtime. So I get it. I would say, I mean, if he were to get 1,500 all-purpose yards, because that's what the tweet was, that would mean that we're both kind of wrong about, as would a other bunch of other people, kind of wrong about it being a legit timeshare. Like, it would have to be Singletary's the one, and Moss is getting maybe six to seven carries a game at the most. If that happens, because, I mean, Singletary's got to get between 1,000 to, say, maybe 1,100, 1,150 yards rushing to have an opportunity to get 1,500 all-purpose, because you can't really... I don't see him getting more than four, 450 receiving yards at the most, especially with the receivers they have now. So he'd have to have a minimum of 1,100 yards rushing. So he'd have to be the featured back. This wouldn't be a timeshare for him to do that. But it is possible. Sure, definitely. All right. Yeah. All right, let's move on to another one here. At JTT81 says the Bills will lead the NFL in red zone TDs. Now, mind you, again, these are bold predictions. He says the Bills will lead the NFL in red zone TDs. I looked it up. They're at 56.5 last year percent, um, 18th in the NFL. That, that's a big climb. There's a lot of good teams out there. I think that's uh, I think that's shooting a little bit too high there, man. They're not going to leave the NFL in red zone TVs. But, I mean, they do have a good running back now in Moss coming in. And Josh Allen, as you know, man, he can get you that one or two yards. So maybe it's not that crazy. So the prediction is they're going to lead the league in red zone t- touchdowns. I'm sorry. TD, right, yeah, yeah, red zone touchdown percentage. I, I'm assuming he meant percentage. Don't forget Stephon Diggs too, man. He's a good route runner inside the twenty. Uh nah. Still, I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, it's bold to go number one, but yeah. Nah, sorry. I mean, they're if the Bills get to like the middle of the pack offensively, like like twelve or thirteen, that's bold. Like that's even bold to begin with. Uh, first the scene. Going number one seems uh, a little bit over the top for me. A little far-fetched. I agree. All right. This, I don't know. This one might this might be the first one that kind of set you off a little bit on a rant. At Katerin Jr. says, number one rushing attack, rushing attack in the NFL. I don't think that's going to set you off. That, that could be doable, especially Josh Allen, all the yards he gets running. But he also says top five in passing. Yeah, I said it. Josh will light the league up on fire this year. We'll talk more specifically about Josh Allen in a few, but this guy saying number one in rushing and top five in passing. 
I should have done the research. I don't. When the hell is the last time that would even happen? Where you're not top five rushing and passing? I think. Come it, on, you, bro. I think the Bills of like the Super Bowl years maybe had that. You know, probably uh, yeah. maybe they had it like in '91. But yeah, that sounds a little <laughs> bit over the top. I mean, come on, like you know, rushing maybe. I don't know the rushing. I'm not. I can see the rushing. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I have not been. If this. The rushing offense under McDermott, even if we're going, I know like there's other nuances to it, like LaShawn McCoy was older or, you know, the offensive line stunk like in 2018, all that sort of stuff. It's not exactly an, a, they haven't been a great rushing attack, to be honest with you, man. Like they just haven't. I don't even know if they had, a, did they even have a 100 yard rusher last year for a game? I don't even remember. I, I, Singletary, I think, did it once. Now, in fairness to him, he also led the entire NFL in yards per carry at 5.1 for running backs. The only person in the league who had better yards per carry was Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. Sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, he j- also didn't get a lot of touches. I-, I hear what you're saying. I will say this, though, too. Here's another thing. You know, they, they brought in Stephon Diggs, who we'll talk about in a second. They're- you're not going to see a lot of eight in the box mm-hmm. when you're defending the Bills because you have to respect the receivers. You have to respect the pass. Sure. At least I think you do. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be completely wrong. Maybe the defense is saying, well, fuck, I'm not scared of Josh Allen. Let us beat him with his arm. You know, I'm not going to let this team pound the ball up and down the field on us. Like I said, going back to what I said a few minutes ago, man, I really like Devin Singletary. I think he could be in line for a 1,200-yard season. I really do. That would be my bold prediction here with the running backs. Everyone's talking about Zach Moss. I get it. He looks the part. He might play the part. But I'm telling you, I like Devin Singletary. My bold prediction would be him going for 1,200. I don't want to get off track, but my point is, Josh Allen runs for 500 yards, which I don't think the Bills want to see him do that again next year. But if he's doing that, they're in contention. I knew, I know Baltimore, I think, led the league in rushing last year. I could see it. But top five in passing, hell no, nah, dude. Come on. Yeah. That means, that means Josh Allen's throwing for 4,500 yards. That's not, that's not yeah, it. Yeah, let the Bills get a 300-yard passer once in the last like, decade, and then we can talk about top five people. <laughs> All right, here goes another one. At Buff on Weck says, his bold prediction, rookies unseating vets. Both rookie receivers, the rookie fullback, and the rookie kicker make the 53. To elaborate on that a little bit, the, the rookie receivers he's talking about is Gabe Davis and Isaiah Hodgins, both draft picks. The fullback is Reggie Gilliam. I'm hearing some good things about. Um, he would take Patrick DeMarco's spot. And then, of course, the kicker would be uh, Tyler Bass beating out St- Stephen Hoshka. Um, that's... I don't even know that that's bold. I think it's very realistic here. In fact, I think half of it's likely. Uh, what do you think about that? Do you think Steve, do you think Hoshka's in big trouble? I do. I think all those guys are in trouble. Yeah, I think Hoshka's in trouble. Remember one thing too with Hoshka, like he was not picked by Brandon Bean. He was a guy that came in through that weird, like Doug Whaley hybrid GM era with, with uh, McDermott when McDermott was calling mm-hmm. shots. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he's in trouble. They, they drafted someone. Also, uh, I hope they don't keep two freaking kickers. That would be just dumb. No, that's not happening. Yeah, I like dumb. I don't, even, I don't even know why we're talking about kickers. Get them off. The, move on. Well, let me say this about kickers. Ugh. Because, first of all, not a lot of ex- – Gabe Davis and, and Gabe Davis for sure and 95% your Hodgins are making the team. Robert Foster, plus he got hurt. I, he's not going to make the team. And I don't think Duke Williams is making the team either. Isaiah McKenzie, maybe it depends if they keep six or seven. But I think the receivers are safe. 
Reggie Gilliam against DeMarco. That's very interesting. Not sure about that. The kicker, I do think that the rookie is going to ultimately make the team, but he's got to prove himself in camp. And early on, I don't think he's kicked that great from what I've read. In terms of Hoshka, they could save money, but I don't want to get off the path here, but something pissed me off. And I just thought of it as I'm talking about him. His wife, uh, Lindsay, was tweeting. She had a political tweet. And this is where fans sometimes can be assholes. Um, she was tweeting that she can't wait till Donald Trump is gone from being president, which you could agree with that. You could disagree with it. That's fine. If you put it out there, you open yourself up to being disagreed with or whatever. But people, not a lot of people, because I'm not, I know Bill's fans for the most part are good fans, but some people, you know how they are, but your, your husband sucks, get him out of here and this and that. It just got really ugly. The dimensions, I felt compelled to tweet something about that, uh, on Wednesday night. What happened? Pissed me uh, off. Wait, I'm sorry. You broke it up a little bit on my, on my apologies. Stephen Hoshka's w- wife, Lindsay, tweeted something about not, she was very much looking forward to Donald Trump not being president anymore. And then some Bills fans kind of jumped on her ass about her husband being a shitty kicker and he's going to be gone. I can't wait for him to get cut. I'm like, that's personal. And, you know, that's because, just. Because she wanted Trump out? What a fuck. Yeah. Idiot. And you, uh, hey, if you could be a, a Trump guy, that's okay. But talk about Trump being president. Don't talk, making it personal, talking about, I know I'm getting off track. I got nothing to do with the bills here, but it's just one of those things about social media that really fucking annoy me, man. Yeah, especially since, uh, yeah, I don't even want to touch that. I mean, yeah, people are. Yeah, let's get away. People are just, people are just dumb. I mean, whatever. I mean, if, 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 I don't know. There's a double standard. Like if she tweeted, like, I want Trump to be there for the next eight years. And I probably would tweet at her and say, you suck. To be honest with you, you could say that's okay. Would you say that? I hope your husband gets cut from the football no, team. That, that's that's what probably I probably not. Uh, probably not. But look, look, Bill's Twitter is not very. It's we. I mean, we had this argument last time I was on the podcast. But Bill's Twitter can be a freaking cesspool of shit sometimes. It can, yeah, like a lot of times. Absolutely. Okay, where people are just you know, and I do believe it. Like <laughs> it's like a fifty-fifty. Like there's a lot of mega fans for Bills fans out there who who do actually enjoy our uh, orange piece of shit president. <laughs> Feel free to take that out. I don't care. Anyways, yes, moving on. All right, let's move on. I will say this, though, back to football. Hoshko's 22 of 28 last year in field goals. He's never been the same since he got hurt with that cheap shot against the Jets two years ago. Uh, Anderson, Henry Anderson. Only one of five from 50, and they could save around a million and a half if they cut him. So it could happen. Uh, bold. Sem, let's call that, that was a semi-bold take because I, I would say the fullback taking DeMarco's spot is semi-bold, but that's about it. All right, anyway, moving on. I want to talk some receivers here, some good ones here. At the Bill Kenny, I believe he's part of the 716 Sports Podcast. Anyway, he says, uh, Diggs will not lead the Bills in catches or targets this year. He will lead in yards. Uh, Phil Canzanieri from Facebook says, John Brown will be the Bills' leading receiver. And to piggyback that, my buddy here, George, from Facebook says, Brown, not Diggs, leads the team in receiving. So that's like three people that I've seen or a couple more. But yeah, that's the bold prediction is that despite Stefan Diggs coming to town, that it's going to be John Brown who's the best receiver this year. What's your thought on that? I can see that as a possibility. I mean, you have to yeah. look at a few things. One, he's got he's got longer chemistry, longer. He's had longer rapport with Josh Allen than Diggs has. Uh, there's also Diggs being new and there, you know, there isn't, there wasn't as much 
I know they're practicing now, but maybe there's going to be that little bit of like an adjustment period because there's no, you know, preseason games maybe. But I, I hate that excuse since I hate preseason. But I can see that. I mean, John Brown, I think, you know, fits what Josh Allen does best or can do do best. is like, And that's like the deep ball, you know, and he can stretch the field. Now, Diggs can do the same thing, and he's done that as well. Uh, but I could totally see that because then, you again, this is where you get so many – Unique matchups with they if the Bills go three wide receivers and you got Beasley and Diggs and Brown like who are you gonna who are you gonna concentrate on if you're the defense you know yeah. like it's, it's it's there's gonna be a guy open man if they have like if they're running the the correct you know pass patterns and whatnot so I could see that happening John Brown's not a bum the only thing I think would no. have to would have to uh really you know that would squash that is if John Brown gets hurt. You know, because remember, remember what happened previously last year. It was that John Brown is, you know, injury prone. He wasn't last year, thank God. So you know, we can we can see what happens in terms of, uh, you know, going forward if he stays healthy. But I could totally see that. I wouldn't. I I would even say that's a bold prediction if you want the, the God's honest truth. John Brown's a legit player. You know, he is. I just on Tuesday I had Bruce Nolan on the podcast, and I said I think this off season. What John Brown did last year might have went more under the radar than anything else. He didn't play that last game against the Jets. Had he played and had like 45, I think 45 yards receiving, he would have ended up with one of the top 10 all-time single-season receiving yard marks for the Bills. He was a very good player. Not really even just a deep threat. Well, that's because Josh Allen couldn't hit a deep ball to save his life last year. But he was that guy, that he, that go-to guy on third down. He made a lot of key plays. I like him a lot. I understand Stephon Diggs, he gave up, he's the bigger name, and he's the better player. I mean, let's put that out there, too. Stephon Diggs is not a bum, he's a better player. And they gave up a lot to get him, including a first-rounder. They're paying him a lot of money. But, yeah, I would say it's semi-bold because I don't agree. I still think Stephon Diggs is definitely going to be the top receiver on this team this year. But, yeah, man, it's uh, I was, it, it's semi-bold for sure. Uh, here's one, <laughs> I don't know this is, I think this dude's been drinking. At Meerkat Cat, Isaiah Hodgkins will be the third leading receiver on the team this year behind Diggs and Brown. All right, if, if, are you counting on Cole Beasley getting hurt? Because if you're counting on that, then okay, I'll listen to that. But otherwise, like, come on, man. Yeah, that seems <laughs> My dude. That seems like your, a, your boy's been drinking, man. Yeah, that seems like a dumb take. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a take that it's like sometimes do so. And w, do you remember the coach from WGR, Chuck Dickerson? Unfortunately, yes. All right. Well, me and my buddy Scully used to play this game Scully. back in the 90s. <laughs> you got yeah, it. Yeah, it's his nickname Scully. His nickname Scully. Shout out Scully. His name's Anthony. We've He's been called. We've called him Scully. That's such a Pat Moran inner crew nickname anyways. <laughs> it is. It is. Scully. But anyway, so the coach used to be on WGR during the days, and we used to play this game. It was uh, who could call and have the worst take intentionally to get on the air and try to set him off, set off the coach. Like, I remember, I'll never forget it. Scully said that we needed to trade Andre Reed while he still had value. And I remember the coach just went on a 10, 15-minute rant yelling on the radio about Scully being an absolute idiot. Anyway, I, I, I look at a take like that, saying Hodges is the third leading receiver this year behind uh, Diggs and Brown, and that that's my thought. I'm like, you're saying something on purpose just to... uh Maybe try to rile me or Joe up. Although they didn't know Joe was going to be on. Yeah. Still don't come. You know, yeah. you're talking about getting talk show hosts wild up. I used to be a really bad kid. And my friend 
here's a name for you. His name was Face. That's what was his nickname because he had a really ugly face. So, <laughs> so we call funny him, you say it. I'll tell you afterwards. Go ahead. Okay, so we called him Face, and Face used to always prank Art Wander. And he would, we would, he would, th- he would come up with all these horrible ideas. And we were like 13, 12 at the time. But I think one time he called him from my, my mom's car in the driveway and was like, yeah, you know, I'm on a car phone. And then all of a sudden, this is horrible. Kids don't do this. He's like giving a take. And then all of a sudden he goes, oh my God. And then he beeps the horn. Like he's about to crash, crash his car. Just terrible stuff. I'm, I shouldn't be laughing at that, but then we, we would, we would hear the, the call and, Art would be like, are you okay? And I was just like, yeah, sorry. Don't prank your, your friends or don't prank radio hosts. They're, they're, those, are, those, are, those are terrible people. Uh, and my and face was a terrible person, to be honest. And excuse, excuse me for laughing. <laughs> no, it's funny you say that because I do have a friend named Larry who's always called me face. Well, he don't call me face anymore, but he called me face, but not because of ugliness. I'm a very good looking person, by the way. He called me face because I looked significantly younger than I was. So face to him was short for baby face because i again i was in my mid 30s getting proof for cigarettes and beer at the store anyway uh let's move on here i got one more and then i'm going to get into some tasty josh allen stuff uh richie lukasic a buddy of mine from facebook says tommy sweeney will have more touchdowns in dawson knox that is that's tommy i don't want to say it's crazy uh, that's a yeah that's bold. It's definitely bold. That's insane. I don't know that it's quite. Ah, uh, see, I don't know that it's quite insane. Well, it's borderline insane. I mean, Dawson Knox is going to be the guy if he's healthy. Again, this. Well, I mean, you're looking. All right, so let's walk this back a little bit. We're saying bold predictions here. Keep that in mind, and maybe in your mind, a bold prediction is an injury creates opportunity. So. Yeah, I don't like it. I no, it's dumb. I don't even know what the hell Tommy Sweeney did last year. I just remember him in the preseason. He had like two catches and then like the same dorks who always love Bill's preseason football like you. Uh, we're like, oh, he's a big, he's a good cont- contributor. And I'm like, who is this guy? Oh, he's a seventh rounder. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's going to, yeah, he's got the Brandon Riley award. Okay, like get the fuck out of here. No, nah, he he has some promise. I, I'll what say pro- that. What did, he, I- what did he do last year? Go look up his stats. God damn. Or I can look I don't, him up. He- he didn't. He did not do a lot. I know he didn't do. A lot. Yeah, I don't know what that. But guy, he's that, got talent. That guy who tweeted to you must be his brother or something like that. Okay. <laughs> Actually, I know the dude from Twitter, but uh, no. Well, it would obviously it would take Dawson Knox getting hurt. I mean, there's no question about that. But again, I mean, is that really? I don't. Know I don't even know that. Or, Aaron Croft could come in there, and and I would think he would probably be the next man up there. Sweeney played six games last year, and he had eight receptions oh. for 114 yards. Pro Bowl. He's not a bad player. He could catch the ball. Pro he could Bowl. catch the ball. Pro Bowl. Well, uh, so here would have been Hall of here Fame. Been, no, of here, fame. listen to me. Yeah. Here would have been a bold take if this guy would have said it this way. Because I don't, you know, he's not better than Knox. But I, here's a here's a bold take that I would have bought into if he would have said Tommy Sweeney will make the team over Tyler Croft, and Tyler Croft gets cut. That I could have bought. Because I do think this guy's got some skills. But yeah, having more touchdowns than Knox. No, I think Knox is going to be a big part of this offense this year. Anyway, here we go. Josh Allen stuff. This is what I've been waiting for. Uh, I got a couple here. I'm going to read three of them off. Then I'll get a reaction from you. So at Big Slugger 77, Josh Allen will be in the MVP discussion. That's about as bold as I can come up with. That's uh, from Big Slugger 77. Wilson MJCA11. I think he's trolling here. 
says Josh Allen throws for 4,000 yards, rushes for 1,000, and has 50 touchdowns. Yeah, your boy's trolling right there. Last but not least, at Life with Mikey. This one is worth the discussion here. Josh Allen, 35 touchdowns, 4,400 yards, nine rushing touchdowns, and the Bills go 12 and four. A lot of, and then there's plenty that I didn't read because they were kind of redundant, but a, a bold prediction, a sentiment is that Josh Allen takes a big step, gets into the MVP conversation, and has a very big year. Well, what's your take on that? That is obviously, it's bold based on the fact he hasn't done anything close to that in his first two years. Yeah, that's, look, it's it's not just about him. I think it's more about the league. I mean, look, it's a passing league where nine out of 10 times, the MVP of the league is going to be a guy who's a quarterback. And the quarterback play in this league is so good right now, you know, with like Mahomes, Breeze, all these guys, you know, I, I don't, I can't see that happening right now, you know, and that's me trying to be a little bit objective because you just, you just got, you got to look at the competition, man. You know, Josh Allen was, yeah, you know, he was okay last year, but if you look at him and against his peers, it, it, you know, it wasn't great. It wasn't really good, to be honest with you. So he would have to take like three or four steps forward to be in that conversation, while at the same time, other quarterbacks have to fall fall down. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Mahomes, you know, and and guys like Russell Wilson, things like that. So, well, one of your favorite things to say is that. He never has a 300-yard passing game, which, to be fair, you're right. Last year, he had just under 3,100 yards passing. He had 20 touchdowns passing, and he had nine rushing touchdowns, which is a hell of a lot. But, yeah, man, you're talking to get to 4,000, 4,400, that, that's a big jump. Yeah. And then to go from 20 touchdowns to the, the one guy, well, I might even acknowledge the guy who said 50, but say the guy who said 35, that's that's a very big very big jump. I don't, I don't want to go as far as to say it can't happen, though. Right. But, I mean, it's just not likely. I'll say this about Josh Allen. If he's ever going to be great, if he's ever going to take the biggest steps and become an MVP candidate, or at least worthy of being in the discussion, it's got to be now. There's no more excuses for Josh Allen. He's got two good running backs. He's got the entire offensive line back. Well, actually, Feliciano's out now to start the year, but they got a very good veteran, not a young kid, a veteran in Brian Winters that they just signed. So he's just going to plug right in. Mm -hmm. Dawson Knox is not a rookie tight end anymore. He's in his second year. Hopefully he's learned a lot. A lot of talent. Bruce Nolan raved about that guy on Tuesday's show. And then you got the receivers. You talked about John Brown. He was fantastic last year. Cole Beasley's a great slot receiver. They got two talented rookies that they drafted. And then you went out and you got your big guy, man. You got Stephon Diggs. Every single thing in the world right now is out there for Josh Allen to have an incredible year. Yeah, I mean, there's no excuses, really. There's none for him at all. I'll I'll start deleting people off my Twitter if I start seeing excuses after week one or week two, you know, in, in, when it comes to Josh Allen. He's got a lot of weapons. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him. I think there's a lot of pressure on Brian Dable. I think if the offense doesn't take a couple of steps forward, if the offense is the same as last year, I think Dable gets fired, to be honest with you. You know, because of what they've added, the experience, another year under everyone's belt. So, yeah, there's look, they've built a great offensive, talented team around him, you know, as of right now. It's the best probably since Bledsoe 2002 with Price, Moulds, and Travis Henry. 
I mean, you can even say it's better, possibly. You know what I mean? It's a, it's it's a it's a hell of a talented talented roster on the offense. So Josh Allen, I'm looking at the stats right now. So he was 23rd in touchdowns and also 23rd in yards passing. So to make a big leap. Now we said he he threw under just under 3,100 yards. If he were to get to 4,000, last year I'm looking it up. 11 quarterbacks in the NFL threw for 4,000 yards last year. Aaron Rodgers being the least of them, he had 4,002 yards. I don't see him throwing for 4,000 yards. I'm going to be completely honest with you. They all did, and then the guy said 35 touchdowns. If he threw 35 touchdowns, that would have put him second in the NFL behind only Lamar Jackson in touchdown passes by one. Lamar Jackson led the NFL last year with 36. Now Mahomes only had 26, but he missed like a couple games too. He only threw 26 touchdowns last year. You sure about that? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I'm looking at but he missed yeah, like a month. So, Didn't he miss a month or something like that? I mean, whatever. He he was coasting. I can't find the I can't find the games in front of me. I think he missed like three games. Um, yeah, but eh, whatever. Point yeah. being is that yeah, that that's a big ass fucking jump. Not saying it can't happen, but that's been the popular thing that I've heard a lot of are people saying Josh Allen can uh become an MVP this year. All I'm gonna say is that the tools are there. The talent is there, the defense is there. Now, you know, as well as anybody, too, to be in an MVP conversation, it means you got to win. Sure. And, and you know, this team has, they're built to win now. So it's not that outlandish to say that this guy can land in an MVP conversation. The team's really good if they win 11, maybe 12 games, and he throws for 3,600 yards and maybe 27 touchdowns and, you know, doesn't cough the ball up a lot. Which, by the way, this is the one that I wanted to read. Because I think this is very fair. Now, I know this is unpopular, but at Mark, and props to this guy too, at Mark Koshik says, Josh Allen doesn't progress and the Bills don't make the playoffs. That's, uh, that's a, I don't know if that's, that's semi. It's, I think that's bold, especially bold. with the, the way the AFC East is right now. That's a bold prediction. If they were, do you agree with that though? Do you agree that if, if Josh Allen doesn't progress, this team doesn't make the playoffs? Now, last year he was, we, we both said he, Okay, I thought he was a little bit better than you thought he was, but not by much. I don't think he certainly don't think he was a Pro Bowl level quarterback last year. But let's just say 2019 Josh Allen is the exact same thing this year. He's 2020 Josh Allen is a replica of last year. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they if, make the playoffs? If, the, if the defense holds its end of the bargain, yeah, they, they, they might be able to. Uh, I've been saying this for a while now. I think the quarterback play the Bills are going against this year is much better than it was last year. I know there's some pieces out there that say it's not because they're just looking at like what certain teams did last year. But look, Jared Goff is still a legit quarterback. I mean, he's two years removed from going to the Super Bowl. Okay. And and Kyle Murray is really good. He was really good as a rookie. He might be even better this year. They yeah, Big Ben's back. Big Ben is back. Uh, but they're not, are they playing? They're not playing the Steelers this year, are they? I don't think they are. Yeah, they are yeah, playing they are. the Steelers. Okay. Yep. Yep. Shit. Yep. They got to play. They got to play big. I agree with you, by the way. Yeah. So you got Patrick. You got Patrick Mahomes next year on the schedule. Mm-hmm. You got Russell Wilson. You got Big Ben. You got Murray. You just said golf. Jimmy Garoppolo's out there. Say what you want about Ryan Tannehill. Dude took the Titans at AFC Championship game. Sure. They play him. They got Scam Newton. They play him twice. So did you call him yeah, Scam man. Newton? Because I think he sucks. Oh, get the I, fuck out of here with that skin. Oh, my God. What do you got going on? You, you got some crime going on? Yeah, because the they just heard you call him Scam Newton. So the cops are coming to arrest your <laughs> punk ass. 
Get the fuck out of here. And then you're stealing off. Wait, who's who? Call, didn't your boy Skip Bayless coin that phrase too? And you're stealing from that asshole. Ugh. Oh, I, I'll tell you what. I'm some, I didn't coin that phrase. Someone else definitely did. But I promise you, it wasn't Skip Bayless. I would never steal anything from him. Oh, you probably Skip did. Bayless. And someone else stole it. Get out of here. I like Cam. Cam's a hell of a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's done, but I like him. I think he's a really good quarterback. If he's, if he's healthy, he he's still legit. So. All right. But 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 yes, it, but Scam Newton. I got me calling him that asshole. Uh, no, Cam Newton is a lot better than Duck Rogers, and then you know whoever the Broncos quarterback was last year, who I already forgot. But like, yeah, yeah they're playing better quarterbacks. Yeah. So I I mean to summarize that, I I wouldn't call that excessively bold because I do think the Bills could make the playoffs if Josh Allen doesn't progress. But I think it'll be harder than it was last year because of the reasons you said. I think they're playing much better offenses and quarterbacks in 2020 than they did in 2019. Anyway, all right, moving on to the last few here. At Rock Power Report, those are my buddies got their own podcast. So, all right, so they got three levels here. Bold, they say, Bills finishes a top 13 passing offense in the NFL. Uh, Previously, they've been below 20 for almost 20 years. Bolder, Josh Norman leads the Bills secondary in takeaways. Boldest, John McDermott wins coach of the year in 2020. Good stuff there, man. I like I like I like all three of those. I think those are all bold. Those are good predictions. I think McDermott can definitely I, look. I think they're the front runners for the division. So you know, you win a division, maybe you win a freaking playoff game, and you get more, you know, kind of pageantry from the league where the league will pay attention to you probably more. Yeah, I, I could see that happening. Uh, I don't know about the the passing offense being in the top thirteen. That seems. 13 seems more doable. The other guy said five. I mean, so I think 13, that's only a little better than half. I I think that's doable. I guess. Uh, But like, you got to look at what they were last year. And I I did read somewhere that they are, and I go on, I know the schedule can change, blah, blah, blah. We talked about this, but they're they're playing much better pass defenses this year than they did last year. Uh, I saw a tweet and I, I wish I had it, but it was something like in the top 10, like combined this year for pass defenses. And last year it was near the bottom for pass defenses they played against. So yeah, they were only, they're only 24th last year in passing offense. So yeah, they, they got a way to go, but I feel like that's a little, it's at least it's achievable where I don't think top five is something they'll ever, they're even going to sniff, but yeah, that we talked about it earlier, Josh Norman leading the bills and t- takeaways. I could see that happening because of what I said. I think that teams are going to go after him all day. Sure. So that's Boulder. And plus, they address it by saying Boulder. Uh, and then McDermott, when he coached the year, sure. You said it. I agree with you 100%. I think the Bills are front runners and win the division. They're, they have an opportunity to win 11, 12 games, man. And if that happens, sure. Uh, bold, but not crazy. All right. Uh, Anthony Romeo, New York says, Bills will win at least 12 games. We're on the team portion here. No more individual stuff. Bills will win at least 12 games, beating Kansas City and the Patriots twice to clinch the division. Minimum expectations are a playoff win and playing in the AFC championship game. That's pretty, pretty bold, man. <laughs> Making it to the AFC championship is really bold. Winning, winning at least 12 games. That's really bold. Yeah. I could see them beating the Patriots twice. I don't really, I don't know. I don't really, I, I don't really respect the Patriots that much because I got me neither. I, I think it really depends on how, if Cam is healthy or not, if he's not healthy and, you know, they've lost a lot of guys. Um, AFC Championship 12 games. 
That's pretty bold. I mean, what teams? I mean, we could go through this real quick. Like, what teams right now do we think are better than the Bills? Like, I think the Ravens. Well, with without question, the Chiefs and the, the Chiefs. Ravens. Chiefs and the Ravens. Yeah, I think they're better. Um, after that, I I think there's a group after that that I think the Bills belong in. I don't think the teams are clearly better. Let's not disrespect Tennessee completely again. They went on a great run last year. They made it to the championship. They smacked the shit out of New England on the road. Then they beat Baltimore on the road and got to the, and they got Tannehill back. They got their running back back. They didn't really lose anybody. So they're a tough team. I probably would have them ranked third ahead of the Bills. And then you got Houston and you got Indy should be in the mix. Uh, Pittsburgh with Big Ben back. They're, they're, they should be pretty good. So I, I think the Bills are in that mix of like anywhere from like three to five or six in the AFC. So that's what I think anyway. Yeah. It, it would take a lot to get to the AFC championship. It would take a I'm lot. I'm saying it can't happen. Yeah. It's it's going to, you know, I can't, I, I just, I really can't wait till the season starts because there's so many different, you know, you got the digs factor on offense. You got kind of a, a reworked defensive line a little bit with new defensive players on that line to see how they work. Again, they have a lot a lot of freaking ta- talent there right now. So they do. We'll see. Do. But like, yeah, I, you know, we'll see if, if it, you know, if Josh Allen takes a couple of steps forward though, man, they are, I think they could be a 12, 13 win team. If he's like good, you know what I mean? Like if he's give me, if he's in the top, like 13 for passing yards or whatever, put him in the th- top 13. They can, they can make some, they're going to make noise. So well to get to get if they win the division, they would get a home game in the playoffs, obviously. And they added one team this year. So now there's six instead of five. And so they would have to to get, have the best chance. If they were maybe the second seed and they only had to win one home game to get to the AFC championship to play. Maybe if either Kansas City or Baltimore faltered and they finished ahead of one of them, I'd like their chances. Sure. But they have to win two games. If they had to play in a divisional round and then or the wild card round, and then the divisional round. I don't really like their chances to get to the championship. A couple more here. This one's kind of cruel. At Real Andy Horowitz says, my prediction for 2021 season from lifelong Bills fan. We crushed it this season. We have a record of 8-1. and one. Then the season gets canceled because of COVID, and we never get to take it home. Fantastic. Cruel. Yeah, right. I'm... Uh, I don't want to think it's not it's not that I, whether I think that's bold or not it's something I don't want to think about we'd be foolish to not discount it as a possibility though I'm just let's just leave hey that I, there. I'm already here with I do think that there will be players teams that are going to catch COVID like especially when oh. they're doing trips I mean it's gonna it's it's happened with baseball I'm pretty sure it's going to happen with football we can probably do an entire podcast just on possibilities that are going to happen when football actually starts yeah for sure uh, a few more here. I don't know if this guy's joking or not, but at Rich Trink, 13 and three AFC champions. We lose in the Super Bowl this time wide left from the rookie kicker out of Georgia Southern. He's talking about Tyler Bass. Who are these people? Jesus. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking it's painful to think about, man. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Uh, I got nothing right, to say. Two, I got two more here, right? Now, one of them, again, we talked about the Josh Allen not progressing. That was unpopular. This one's going to be unpopular, but I think this is very fair. Sean Godwin from Facebook, a buddy of mine, he says, final record, 9-7. and seven. We lose in Kansas City, Frisco, Rams, New England, Seattle, Tennessee, and Miami, giving a second place in the division to a 10-6 and six New England. Sorry, but it's a tough schedule. 
I hope they do way better, but I think having no fans takes away a big Buffalo home field advantage. Sad but bold prediction. That's what he says. I don't think that's that out of line. Do you? I don't think it's completely out of line. The fans, I mean, Pat, do you know what the Bills' home record was last year? Because I'll no, answer it for you. Head. Okay, they were four and four. So, yeah. you know, and I'll give them, hey, they the, the, the Jets game was a fake game. So, you know, if they win that, which is, was likelihood there. Yeah, let's give them five and three. Let's yeah, make but that's, five not, and that's three. not blown away. Like, on, 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 Agreed. On. So, I, Agreed. I don't know. And now you could say, well, they got a lot of fans that go on the road, you know, in Tennessee and Florida. And, like, they pack that place. They pack some of those places up. Um. Yeah, that Tennessee game was almost like a home game sure. last year. But I, I, that's got to that's got to be distracting to the home team. Like in this, yeah, case, I, I don't, I, I don't think home field advantage is as big of a a deal as a lot of people make. It's not like what it used to be. Like the, the back in our day, man, when we were young and kids, you know, we it made a difference when you had a loud crowd behind you because it was so hard for offenses, the opposing offenses, to communicate, you know, and get signs from the, you know, get the play calls in. Now it's not because of like headsets quarterbacks can freaking have it in their in their headset you know in their in their helmet now you also have smaller stadiums than you used to you know Ralph Wilson Stadium or whatever Bill Stadium now it used to be 80,000 now it's like 72,000 it seats I don't think that makes as big of a freaking difference as a lot of it's 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 a, it's a nice little tale that a lot of players fans even organizations talk about like the 12th man but I don't think it's that big of a deal. And, you know, you could also say that it could work against, like, I'm I'm sure there are players who come to, you know, maybe they have an ax to grind with, like, your fan base and, like, hey, I'm going to come here and shut you shut you down. Like, I'm sure maybe Stephon Gilmore, when he comes to play at Orchard Park, he's pissed off because he maybe he feels like the Bills fans were dicks to him, which they kind of were. And, you know, he maybe he wants to motivate to shut them up, you know, a little bit like that. So... I don't I mean, really I think it matters, but I don't think, I, don't think it I, I, I semi agree with you. I don't think it's like the end all be all to have home field. It's certainly helpful, though. I would rather obviously play at home, especially late in the season uh, in front of your crowd. But anyway, there's a lot more that that point was more layered. Sure. Than I just, mean, I mean, just a home field. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough. He mentioned a tough schedule. I mean, I do think they're playing some tough teams. He said Kansas City, Frisco. Those are two Super. That's your last year's Super Bowl. We didn't play either of those teams last year. We're playing them both this year. We're playing that NFC West. That NFC West is fucking good, man. You're talking Russell Wilson. Like I said, Tennessee, you're playing again. We played them last year at the perfect time. They were a mess last year. Marcus Mariota was on his way out. He sucked. Yeah. Tannehill came in after that. A lot of good things happened, man. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, the only thing, the only thing this year is New England is not going to be as good as they were last year. That I'm confident in. But outside of that, tough schedule, man. So I I could see it happening. Yeah. I say that's bold, but it's not unreasonable to. All right, last one here. Uh, this is fucking just wrong. At Daniel Goodwin, he says, well, this will be the official 30-year anniversary of the Norwood Wide Right game in Tampa. The 2021 Super Bowl also is in Tampa. But this time, it goes through the uprights and the Bills win. So Bills win the Super Bowl on a last-minute field goal in Tampa 30 years after Scott Norwood goes wide right from 47. Bold, yes, Crazy, yes, but fun to think about. How <laughs> that's Hollywood shit right there. I I didn't ask for a Hollywood take, so unfortunately, yeah. You know, I remember last year when uh, Hauschka made that the, the the tying field goal against Houston in the playoffs, and it was forty seven yards. 
And I remember looking at my friend when he was about to kick it going, oh, my God, it's Norwood's, like, attempt, like, you know, in terms uh-huh. of that. So I'm like, oh, yeah, anyways, I don't. I watched that in, in a casino in Miami, Hard Rock Casino in Miami. That game was going on, mostly Houston fans. But, uh, yeah, I remember that. The kick, it was crazy. Uh, yeah. Think about that. Anyway, I, I got a couple of bowl predictions I wanted to share with you. Sure. One of them was I had Josh Norman getting cut. But I don't anymore because EJ Gaines opted out. I I was under. I didn't even think Josh Norman was going to make this team. That was going to be one of my bold predictions. I do have, I have Josh Allen finishing in the top ten in MVP this year. I think the Bills are going to win at least eleven. I think they're going to win eleven games, maybe twelve this year. Top ten. I don't think he's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's going to be Patrick Mahomes. But I do think he's going to take a step. I think he's going to hit on more deep balls this year. I think he's going to be a little more accurate. He's never going to be Drew Brees. But he's going to 61, maybe, percent. I can see it happening, taking a little bit better care of the football, and they're going to be good. So all that factors in. I got Josh Allen, top 10 MVP. And then we, I didn't even mention his name the entire podcast. But next year, if you and I said, we're the best 10 players on the Buffalo Bills right now, I'm going to say that at the end of the year, we're going to be calling Tremaine Edmonds the best player on this team when the season's over. So... That's my saucy, big, bold Bills prediction. Those are kind of bold. I give you credit for that. Uh, I can't get there with Josh Allen. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Look, the, the team around him is really loaded. Where I think sometimes, like, you get if you're a quarterback and sometimes you win MVP or you're in that conversation, it's because there's not much around you. You know what I mean? Like, in terms right. of, like, okay, hey, like, Drew Brees, like, you know, he could have probably been MVP every year. You know, in terms of like if he because like he really never played with too many great players. I at least I thought and I think he was always in that conversation. And even even Tom Brady to a certain extent, like and I'm not t- trying to take away their play. But I think when you're not around that many, if you're around star players, it's harder to get recognition, you know, for MVP. So I and, and I don't I don't I don't I don't see the Bills winning all these games where it's like Allen's throwing for like. 300 a game and three touchdowns. I mean, sorry. I mean, look, look, look. Last year, how many games would you say Josh Allen was like, okay, this guy, if it wasn't for Josh Allen, they would have lost this game. I think maybe like the, the, those two Miami games he played really well in and maybe the Giants game. But other than that, he, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't like, super, you know, stupendous in that regards, you know, so. That, yeah, that's, that's kind fair. Of my- I liked him in the, da- I liked him in the Dallas game too, but. Yeah, I, I oh mean, yeah, the Dallas game. My apologies. He was good in the Dallas game. My my bad. Yes, but like four. So I I don't know. I think you need to, you know, well, he's got but, a long way to go. Yeah, but that just tells you like four games he was really good in, and they still won six more games. They won ten and six. They would have been eleven and five probably if they played that Jets game with everyone. You know, it's tough. Like they are such a balanced team that I think it's hard for if he to even take the next step or two upwards. There's still four so much talent around that team. Like, you know what I mean? With that defense and everything, you know. Four primetime games this year, too. That's definitely opportunities for, uh, you know, the nation to see him beyond just sure. Buffalo. Now, he's got to go out and do it. Sure. No question about it. I just feel like they're in a good position for all that. All right, so one more thing here, and then I'm going to let you go. Actually, so, make, we're going to make it two things, because I have to ask. I got to tell you something during this. 
because we all we, right go ahead okay go ahead okay. i want to do i'm watching twitter right now and people are pissed off about barstool right now because you, you just stole my shit oh no <laughs> uh, look at us we're both <laughs> all right go ahead because i was good because he's your boy so like you love barstool for whatever reason but yeah go ahead that's not true that's not true <laughs> okay. but i was going to ask you i was like all right so I'm getting my gear set up to tape this podcast with you again with no notice. Literally, I talked to you five minutes and five minutes later, we're, we're taping. But I know how you feel about Barstool. And I see that story come pop up. It says uh, Barstool sports founder Dave Portnoy expresses interest in Bill's stadium naming rights. Yeah. And for the record, let's be clear about one thing here, though. I don't want this to devolve. We've went an hour and 10 minutes without fighting. So let's end on a positive note. But I will say this. I've never, I don't love Barstool Sports. I like part of my take, and I said I respect Dave Portnoy. I respect the fact that, you know, thousands or if not millions of bloggers out there oh or God. people who have a podcast, they built, he built his shit up from literally nothing. Mm-hmm. I respect the way he's built an empire with Barstool. I don't really like him, although he does make me laugh sometimes. So I don't hate him. You hate him. I don't hate him. I don't love him. But anyway, yeah, I know this is going to drum up some controversy. He is very interested. And by the way, when he's... He he's not things, interested. It's a you're fu- wrong. It's a publicity. How am I wrong? It's a publicity stunt. The Bills... Yeah, the Bills... Hold on. Are you, you going to tell me because the Bills are tweeting about it? Like, because Chris Brown tweeted no, about it? And no, why? no, 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 no. Because I, I follow Dave Portnoy, and I'm telling you right now, when he digs into something, it, it, it is it might be a publicity stunt, but he's going to follow through on it. He did that bidding for Roger Goodell to watch a Monday Night Football game with him. He fucking hates Roger Goodell. I think he paid like a half million dollars to watch a game with him, and then Goodell backed out. He will spend a couple million dollars to put Barstool Sports on that stadium. Okay, but, the, it, but is it a publicity stunt? Yes, but will he follow through and do it? Yes. Now I don't think the Bills are going to allow him to do it, but this is a legitimate story. I think I I uh, I don't think it is. I think. First off, with that whole thing with like him paying like five million dollars or whatever to see Goodell, I don't even know how that happened. Like, did he win it and then like he won the auction? Like, did he exchange money? He, he, I could go on there and say, "Oh, I want to, I want to, I want to build bid an auction." I could say that, couldn't I say that? How does that work? How do you during during the NFL draft? He had a charity auction where the person who bid the most money got to watch a Monday Night Football game with him in his man cave, and David okay, Portnoy but, bid yeah. the most money. But then, but then Roger Goodell had found some bullshit reason and he backed out because I, he knows. Well, who knows if he had the money though at the beginning of the? He, he does, dude. Whatever. He's rich. Okay, okay. You know what? It's bullshit. I don't even know. It's it's stupid. Okay. I, I first off, anyone who thinks that this idiot and 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 Barstool likes Bills fans, they don't. They it's it's just a complete and utter click fucking driven thing by them they just want to be able to have a bunch of people like them and they know that that they're just they're just enabling the bills fans okay that that dude doesn't like the bills he doesn't like the freaking mafia he's just trying to get hits and traffic and all that sort of stuff yeah cut me off i don't care we're done fuck barstool eat a dick